And so if your content that you are publishing doesn't either excite your pet parents, doesn't really stop and get your clients to think or get them to stop and look at your content and comment, like it, share it, whatever that may be, then the platform of your choice there is not going to recommend your content to other people. Hello, Positive Leaders. Thanks for joining us today. You are listening to the Positive Leadership Podcast with Andrea Crabtree and David List, a podcast for everything a veterinary manager needs to know to get the job done. We've been there and we know how hard it is and are here to help share our knowledge and expertise to elevate you. I'm Andrea Crabtree, co-founder of Positive Leadership Podcast, owner of FurPause Consulting, a certified veterinary practice manager, and HR certified professional. And I'm David Liss, co-founder of the Positive Leadership Podcast. I'm also a certified veterinary practice manager, hold an MBA, and I'm a registered veterinary technician. And this podcast is for you, the veterinary practice manager, supervisor, and leader. We want to elevate you by equipping you with relevant content, material, guidelines, instruction, feedback, and pro tricks and tips. We will deliver real life experience along with our super smart guests that will get you through the obstacles that you're facing today with some bloopers and blunders along the way to remind you that you're not alone. Are you a veterinary practice owner, DVM, practice manager, or maybe all three? Are you looking to level up your business or your team? You can't do it all. Do you have a challenge but don't have the bandwidth to tackle it? Reach out to me, Andrea Crabtree, owner of Furpaws Consulting, with the question that keeps you up at night. As a certified veterinary practice manager and HR certified professional, I have deep expertise in helping veterinary practices reach their full potential for all types of practices, whether specialty, emergency, or general practice, by working alongside the practice owner and practice manager. I'm available to provide expertise and insight to navigate those tricky obstacles. Find my info in the show notes, email me at andrea at furpaws.us, or check out my website at www.furpawsconsulting.com. Hello, positive leaders. We are so, so, so excited to have Cheyenne Flerks with us today. She is the founder and CEO of Hey Cheyenne. Thank you, Cheyenne. We are excited to have you on today. (laughs) Hey, Cheyenne. Thank you. (laughs) Cheyenne, I do not know you. David had made the introduction um, to you and I, and so I would love to know more about you. And without having to read your bio, can you tell me a little bit about who you are and how you got to be where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I always just like to come out and say I'm a huge just marketing nerd. Just (laughs) that's really all I am. (laughs) But I am a hardcore social media manager that started out in a little general practice hospital as a veterinary assistant and was quickly introduced to social media pretty much upon hiring. They're like, oh, you're a millennial. Can you help us with our Facebook page? I'm like, I want to impress you. So sure. Why not? So from, from there, I quickly just got super passionate about wanting just to impress my bosses. So I did tons of research on how to market a veterinary hospital just on Facebook. So I stumbled upon some good resources like Snout School, and I just went bonkers from there. So a couple of years down the road, I asked if I could just 
not be an, an assistant anymore for the hospital. And they promoted me to the marketing manager there. So from there, I just kind of went haywire. And I'm here today after leaving the practice for, I think, I'm working on three years now after pursuing marketing consulting full time. And marketing's my life. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, right. Different uh, path there for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things I love about VetMed is that there's just so, it's an industry that's so diversified that we can just pursue so much within the industry yeah. and we don't even have to work yeah. in the hospital. Yeah, that's so yeah. cool. What is your favorite book or podcast or CE or some kind of marketing, nerdy marketing thing, whatever it may be, that left a lasting impression on you? Uh, so I would have to say it would be the book called Contagious by Jonah Bergeson. I think that's what his name. I always butcher his last name. (laughs) (laughs) But um, that book has always meant a lot to me, partially because he takes marketing from a whole different perspective and talks about the emotional side of it, like the psychology of it and how our marketing can make people feel versus just the end goal of like, okay, we want to make more profit. It's more about how the user or the the audience is perceiving the marketing. That's just always been important. That's interesting. Yeah, we always, I mean, I don't know what Andrea thinks. I always think that there's a lot of marketing is evil, you know, like it's tricking people <laughs> into, uh, you know, buying things they never wanted manipulating, to before. Manipulating, right? Yeah, manipulate, exactly. And there's like this kind of ethical, you know, ethical um, thing. When you guys as marketers often say, well, you know, a large majority of the people are super happy with what they got. So if they didn't have us, they would have never got it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So you are a chief marketing officer and you kind of said you live and breathe marketing. It sounds like in general, maybe digital marketing, maybe even a smaller subset of social media marketing or the use of social media in marketing. Why is marketing or the the like maybe smaller subset of what you actually do. I don't know if you're like, you're probably not a direct mail person, right? So like social media, why is this area so important to you and near and dear to your heart and just why you get up every day? Yeah, I think for me, really what marketing, at least for in the veterinary industry, like it's probably going to be different for each industry, but at least with veterinary hospitals and more in particular, to me, it's more of a, opportunity for us as the healthcare professionals for pets to connect with pet owners versus just be like, buy this, buy this, buy this. For me, social media marketing is about being social, building connections, and really providing more value to someone versus just take, 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 and take more. So for me, it's about building those long-lasting relationships that we can just connect digitally. Like I know, especially after the pandemic, I know a lot of people really relied on technology to connect with each other. And to me, that's just been something that I've always enjoyed about social media. I I feel like I have a little bit different take when it comes to digital marketing in that regard. (laughs) Yeah. And Cheyenne, I'd love to dig into that because I feel like that is exactly a great segue into like put that into practice. And like, what does that look like for a practice manager? Or what does that look like for a veterinary hospital in general? Like, why do we need the social media? Why do we need to connect with clients? Like, tell me more about how then taking your passion and connect it either specifically for a veterinary practice manager or for a veterinary practice and what social media can do for us and and why we need it. Yeah, I think that's such a, a great question. Because 
I feel like a lot of hospitals will just be like, well, I need to have a social media presence just because that's what everybody says. And I think a few years back, it used to be a great way for people to get new clients and get their presence built out in the community. And I think nowadays, it's not so much a focus that we need to have on getting brand new clients. I mean, yes, you still could, um, depending upon how you go about it. But to me, since we don't see the the pet or the client, their their owners every day or even, you know, once every month or something like that. I mean, I'm sure more pets come in than, you know, just the typical, but on average, you know, we're we're seeing pets, you know, for their annual or for their biannual depending if they're senior. And to me, having that social media presence is just another way for you to continually check in with your pet owners, with your clients or with mm. potential people um and be top of mind. So we've had this discussion before on the podcast and Andrea and I, I'm going to kind of call you out a little bit in that she and I have a little bit of a debate that she sees marketing as an expense line item. And I see it that it really doesn't come on the P&L, that it's an investment. And so tell us a little bit about, you know, your thoughts on how you'd measure, you know, kind of the return or how marketing pays you with social media. So is it how many likes? Is it how many follows? Is it, you know, conversions? And obviously, you know, none of us, and I think on the podcast, some of us are mostly managers. So it's like a general understanding marketing. This is not like a digital marketing podcast. But the way we debate about it is that when you look at, say, marketing spend, right? And like, we talk about something like a $500 or even more ad spend or something for a month, right? Which is, it it can be high, it can be low, it depends on your practice. So we're like, oh my God, $500, right? And on the P&L of a general practice, that's like, holy moly, that's a lot. But then we talk about a conversion and I say, well, you know, you spent 500 and you look at how many appointments you got, you know, let's say 60 to 80 bucks a pop at the appointment, you've got vaccines, maybe a spay, that's, I don't know, $2,000, right? So then you say that your marketing ROI is like 400%. And I feel like there's a little bit of kind of magic in that number, but the marketing ROIs, like standards, just for everybody on the podcast, are typically in the like three to 500 to even a thousand percent, because that's the way they see it as you spend typically pennies to get dollars. But Andrew's like, oh, but it's on the PL, it's a line item, you know, you, you, you expense. So tell us a little bit, Cheyenne, about how you see um, if I said to you, like, what's the point? What's the ROI? What's the return that social media marketing is going to give my practice? Um, you know, give it to us in that kind of bottom line idea. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you brought this up because I definitely feel like it's kind of almost a, a debacle in the sense of like, I know a lot of support staff that do manage social media and they're like, oh, I see the value in this so much. And then they go to their management sometimes and they're like, mm, I don't see how it's making us money. Like there's this disconnect sometimes. So I love that you're bringing this conversation up because I it really depends. I'm going to kind of not answer your question right away, but I hope I can get to it in a minute. So it really depends on your marketing goals. Are you a new practice that's trying to bring in more clients? Are you a practice that's really well known in the community that you're just trying to get known for a newer service? So like laser therapy, for example. So depending upon your goals, that's really going to depend on the success of your your campaigns, for example, or for your social media marketing. Because I mean, going back to the new clinic, if you're a brand new clinic, no one knows who you are, right? So you might be wanting to focus on getting that presence build, whether that's digitally 
whether that's physically in the community with your connections. So in that example, I would say really focus on building your digital presence and getting as much reach and followers um, and those vanity metrics in the sense of numbers. So when I mean vanity metrics, I mean just those tangible numbers that you can see, those likes, those follows. But if you're more trying to build up that new service that your established practice is having, that's where I feel like it's kind of a gray area. So like if I'm posting on social media for that, my goal would be to bring awareness to that new service. And that's where those vanity metrics might not matter so much in the sense of, okay, if I'm trying to get people to book for my laser therapy appointments through my social media post, I'm what, what I do is I put a link to book now or a link to that direct service on my website so people can learn more about it and book from there, right? But that might not get um, a whole bunch of likes because it's a transactional post is how I like to refer to it sometimes. So from there, my goal with that post is to get people to click the link if I'm talking about Facebook or visiting the link in my bio if we're talking Instagram. So to me, I might get like five likes on that post, but if I get five clients to book an appointment with me, that to me is more successful and worth converting business over and bringing the money into the practice. So as far as addressing kind of like that bottom line, that dollar figure, and, and I'm feel free to correct me if I'm wrong or fill me in a little bit more, but I'm thinking as far as like advertising dollars, like boosting posts, that to me, again, kind of goes back to your marketing goals. So if you're trying to put out an ad about your new laser therapy service and you put out an ad and you bring in, you know, five to 10 new clients just from that and you spend 20 bucks to boost it or officially put it out for advertisement. To me, you make your money back, if, especially if you're, it depends on the hospital, like um, if your therapy session is like 30 bucks a pop, right? Um, does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, and I'll have to say like, I have some follow-up in there, Cheyenne, because I think, you know, w- what David's saying is, yeah, I see it as a line item expense on the PL, but you hit the nail on the head when you said, what's your marketing goal? And so I'm going to say it's on, if it's on a PL report and it's expense and it's a line item, you have to, as a manager, you have to prove that expense is worth it, right? So we talk about ROI and say, okay, well, what's your goal though? Is your goal worth it because of dollars you spent and, and you're looking for, you know, appointments that got booked or the dollars that you spent likes that you got or followers that you have? Because your marketing goal is going to be different, like you said, for, for each different type of campaign that you run. And so as long as to me, I don't care if it's on the PL report, as long as you can explain what our measurement is going to be and whether or not it was successful or not. And of course, not all campaigns are going to be successful. But if we have, like you called it transactional, and when we had Brandon Bashir's on um, with Veterinary Marketing Nerds, he was great because he was like, you know, you have to have that call to action on there, right? So on those types of posts, those tra- transactional posts that you're talking about, if we have the call to action that says, hey call now, make an appointment for our new laser. Are we measuring that? Are we able to say, hey, our you know laser appointments went from four a month to 24 a month. Hey, that that's great. great point. Now I can, that's right. I measure that ROI based off that campaign, right? Right. And right, then totally. if, if it's a new hospital and we're saying, hey, we need to get some followers, we need some traction. 
I'm going to say, I'll spend the money on the line item on the PL report and the marketing budget to say, I need to get 500 likes on a post because I want, I want that traction as a, as a new hospital. So I think it's important that we understand, don't just throw money out there and see what sticks, right? Have a marketing plan and design that plan for each campaign. And, you know, if it face plants, redesign it. But understand, like, this is how I can approach my manager. Because like you said, I want to be able to go to the manager and say, like, hey, this has value. Give me some money. But I need to be able to to say, okay, what's it going to do for us? Exactly. And that's why I love being able to have those back-end analytics for, like, the social media and for the website. And then being able to compare that to your practice management system. Because, like, if we're going to stick with that laser therapy example, you can easily match the analytics from your social media and from your website and say, hey, you know, for example, our Facebook post brought in 50 link clicks, but, you know, 50% of that uh, people actually contacted us. And then, you know, I, I don't know the exact metrics that would be good for that conversion process, but, you know, say, you know, 10 of those clients actually booked an appointment. That right. is a quick right. and dirty way for you to track it, but I hope that makes sense. <laughs> right, the ROI there. Sense. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes yeah sense. right. So there are tons of social media platforms. Like I, I can't keep up with them all. I have a son who's 24 and I'm always asking him like, hey, what app did you just download? Right, because I feel like our clients are the ones that we have to reach and whatever app they're on, you know, I have to know about it as a practice manager, I have to be in the know. And so I'm constantly asking like, what did I miss? Right. I'm, you know, are you on TikTok or Pinterest? What about, you know, all the different ones that we have out next door. I'm like, I'm trying to, to, to stay the hip mom, you know, but more so like the hip practice manager. So, you know, even TikTok has ads now I'm seeing. And, and I think to myself, where are our clients? What is worth it? Where do we spend money? Where do we throw money at to see what sticks? There's, too many for me to keep up. How do we stay current and how do we know where we should spend money and not spend money? I I feel like this question is so relevant, especially now, because like you said, there is a lot, but I'm going to take a step back and say, where is your demographic of clients coming from? For the practice that I used to work at, we had definitely had a older generation for sure. Like the practice has been around for 40 or 50 years. And so they had a high amount of clientele that was older and dedicated and loyal. And so it you really have to know your demographics of your audience because you want to go where your clients are or where your potential target audience is. So if you are in a metro area, in the city, where there's going to be more of a younger generation coming up, I would say definitely look into TikTok. But I don't think you need to do all the things. If anything, focus on doing a couple of the platforms like Facebook and Instagram is where I really recommend practices focusing their time and energy on Mm. so that once you're able to master those, then if you need to or want to, then you can push the needle forward and go out into TikTok. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's kind of Mm -hmm. where I am kind of going to go on a side tangent. So feel free to pull the leash back on me. But this is where I like to repurpose a lot of my content. So that's where I like, for example, if you do decide to go on to TikTok, this is where I would say try doing Instagram reels, for example, because if you're already on Instagram, your audience is there already. So you can take that piece of content, that reel, 
and repurpose it and post it onto TikTok, the same exact post and put it onto TikTok. So that you're not spending so much time and energy on it, but you're able to expand your bandwidth. Creating a bunch of different content. Yeah, just reusing it. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then just yeah. seeing too, that's where you're looking at your ROI, right? To see like, okay, epic failure on TikTok, but you know, we got it on Facebook, but that's really getting into the weeds of when a client calls and says, where did you hear about us, right? Or are we tracking that differently? Because if it's the same content that we, we don't know where that laser therapy appointment came from, right? Versus saying laser therapy on TikTok, pedicures on Facebook and ear cleanings on, on Instagram, right? We don't, if it's all the same content, how are we measuring that? Or are we just looking at the backend analytics on that particular social media site? Yeah. So I would say both. So obviously you're going to want to look at your website analytics or talk to your website developer and see what kind of um, data they can give you, but compare that and get on your client intake form, your survey, whatever your practice does, definitely have a spot on your form, whether that's paper or digital, where people can say, where did you hear from us or hear, hear about us? From there, I mean, you could get pretty specific if you want, but I don't think my gut just says a lot of clients are going to be like, oh, I found you on Instagram because of this post. Like, I can't remember what I had for breakfast, yeah, right. you know, of course. but that's um, for new clients too. But yeah, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. But from there, if you're noticing a uptick and say, we'll go with your ear cleaning example of new clients that are coming from Instagram and you know that you've been, you've been doing a campaign or a push for ear cleaning within a certain time frame then that's a kind of a back way of saying, oh, okay, you mm. could deduct that because mm-hmm. this new client heard about us within this time frame. about the same time mm-hmm. we were posting this content. Yeah. You know, then you can attribute it to kind that. Of way right. I about it. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, okay. That makes sense. So, you know, there seems to be this really big debate right now about paid versus organic search kind of, you know, organic um, and and gaining organic traction on Facebook or Instagram. And, you know, they talk about kind of organic is dead on certain social media platforms because it's just so chock full of boosted uh, and or sponsored content that when you, you know, when you're flipping through your newsfeed, it's just going to be really hard to get there. But then I hear some that say, you know, organic is actually all about where it's at and is super important. But what actually gets you in front of your clients, because we now know, and I don't think we knew this, you know, a long time ago, but we now know that just because if let's say I'm the owner of ABC Animal Hospital, and I have 600 followers, and I take a great post of, um, you know, a really beautiful mouth after a dental is done, and I push it to my page, not all 600 of them will either A, ever get it, B, possibly get it in their newsfeed. And then if they do see, even see it. So uh, what do you think, Cheyenne? Like if you're talking about social media marketing, are you talking about totally only organic where it is the, you know, the pre-cultivated and curated, you know, the holidays and the, you know, it's summer season, all those kinds of things. Or should we basically be making those posts and boosting them all? Or should we be only running ads about, you know, different services like, or is it just a combination of all of them? What, What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I definitely have been really diving into this because I'm really, I'll start off by saying I'm really all about the organic marketing and that kind of doesn't sit very well. Some people only because it can be kind of confusing, but we're what I always have to remind myself is that, again, we're here on social media to be social. And so what um, the the 
big dogs in the social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram. That's probably why I'm going to refer to the most um, today. But those platforms, the, the algorithms really cater to content that people engage with and interact the most because they want to customize a newsfeed that really appeals to you and makes you want to be on the platform. And so if your content that you are publishing doesn't either excite your pet parents, doesn't really stop and get your clients to think or get them to stop and look at your content and comment, like it, share it, whatever that may be, then the platform of your choice there is not going to recommend your content to other people. So one thing that I've noticed that a lot of practices, and I know this is just because of time and bandwidth, and it could be multiple things, but when we share some of those generic um, type of posts from the big dogs and pharmaceutical industries, those posts I've noticed haven't been super engaging. Um, they're very informational and they're great for like a, a creative start point for us to create our own content. But those posts I've noticed, even for myself, they've just fallen flat. They don't do anything for my page. And so I go back to think, okay, what does my client truly want to see? Like if it's a cat-only practice, we, we all know that cat owners are very particular people and they very much care for their cats. And so I have to think, okay, if I was the, the cat owner that I desire to attract to my practice, what kind of stuff do they want to see? They're going to want to see more about the SaaS and the independent side of a cat, maybe that could be in the form of a meme, or that could be like content that you're like, hey, this product is great for our cat owners, recommending that kind of stuff, engaging with them and some fun games. So for me, it's more about buying into the engagement aspect of it, and really drawing people to talk with me versus just in a sense, just forcing content down their throats. And so that's how I approach it most of the time. Now, I will boost a post at times, just depending upon if it's something that I need my audience to see. So if it's an announcement, like if we're closing unexpectedly for some reason coming up, there's uh, a holiday announcement coming up, some of those things that I want to be sure my audience sees. But I boost sparingly. If I see a post that is doing super, super well, like it's quote unquote going viral mini or uh, locally, then I will boost that to see if I can get further reach, just kind of give it a little bit more encouragement. But I I boost sparingly is the, the long story short. <laughs> and I love that you're getting into this, Diane, because I feel like there's there's things that we do as practice managers because we, we don't know any better, right? We do our best to try to figure out where to post, how much to post, when to boost, when to sponsor, when to have original content versus, you know, blah, 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 right? We all know that, you know, we do the best we can, but we screw it up royally a large part of the time. So tell me, Three mistakes that we make as practice managers that you just like fingernails down a chalkboard would say, stop doing this tomorrow, like never do this again. Where do we get it wrong and just royally F up? Can you shed some light on that? Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you guys are managing so much within the practice and marketing is one of the last things that could be on your your platter when there's so much just going on in the practice. Yes, and preach it, sister. Yes. Um, I used to work very close with my practice manager. I used to be right next to her office. And so I would just hear all the, the hustle and bustle and the traffic and everything she used to manage. So my heart goes up to you guys for sure. And I would say 
keep it simple, especially when you're just trying to get into a good groove. There are, I'll, I'll wait to get into the tips. I love sharing tips. I don't like to be like, no, don't do this. So that's just my personality. So, but um, definitely don't just post content for the sake of posting. Because nowadays, I mean, before it was like, okay, we could post something to our pages and people would flock to our pages, right? Like gone are those days. I wish they were here, but they're gone. So if you feel like you haven't posted in a couple days and you're just going to throw up this cute picture of a cat and say, isn't this cute? Don't worry about it. Really, the focus that I encourage people to do is focus over quality over quantity. I swear, (laughs) if you post, take time to even just take a picture of your team and post a caption about what the patient's there for and add a link to your page to book an appointment, depending on your problem, your goals, I'm sure you will get more traction on that versus just a generic stock photo post. On that, don't post any stock photos. I get that, you know, sometimes you need a photo in that instant, but I am always a proponent for either taking a photo within the hospital, so taking a stockpile of patient photos to save for a later day, or create something in a Canva, which is a graphic design tool that you can post your original content. I've seen and heard so many horror stories. I won't say horror stories because I don't want to scare anyone, but <laughs> I mean, definitely Facebook for sure. Um, Facebook owns mm-hmm. Instagram, um, if you didn't know mm-hmm. that. But they take, (laughs) yeah, you know where I'm going with this. (laughs) They take copyrighted content very, very seriously. They really want you to create your own original content. You can definitely share other people's content, but not repost it as your own. It's a big no-no in Facebook universe. So that would probably be my top two tips for that. Do you want me to give one more? <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll keep going. Those are fantastic. Okay, let me see here. Oh, okay. I have a really good one for you. So when you are wanting to post a photo of a patient, I know a lot of people in the Facebook group I manage will ask, what's a cute caption for this photo? I really, really encourage you to not focus on the humor aspect of writing a humorous caption or a caption that will just grab people instantly for the humor. Because A, you'll burn out. Your brain cells will just be like, nah, sorry. Especially if you've... Yeah, unless you're a stand-up comedian with those one-liners ready, it's it's art. Exactly. <laughs> and if you're, uh, you're an introvert like me, and I feel like most of our vet med people are, it's not your first initial thing. So I always encourage you to turn the question back on the audience and be like, hey, caption this or have you ever felt like this? Um, And getting people to uh, come to you with the ideas. So Cheyenne, if you could give one piece of advice to our listeners today and or even go back and say what a piece of advice would, you know, you give your younger self, you know, back in the day when we were all young and didn't know anything about management, right? What's one piece of advice that you think our, our listeners would, you know, you could just bite into, like get on your soapbox and, and, and go for it? <laughs> I think for me, it would be reminding yourself of why you're doing it. I feel like a lot of people will just get stuck in the rat race of, just doing social media or just do being there just because. I, to me, it's not going to serve anyone if you're just there because someone else said you're supposed to. I very much come at it very intentional for social media. And so I have to remind myself, why am I here? What am I doing this for? And how is it going to not only benefit me, but benefit someone else? 
because I feel like I don't want to go like all mushy, but it's almost a responsibility when you're posting something on social media. And when you're a business, I feel like you have even a higher level in some regard to post something valuable and intentional and help people throughout the day. Fantastic. I love that. Be intentional. And since you've been in clinic, and I am sure even with social media, that you have got to have one of these stories that you can't make up. Like one of the ones that make you like palm hit the forehead, eyeballs pop out like pugs, jaw hit the ground and be like, no way this shit just happened right now. Pinch me. Is this real or am I dreaming? Share a story and of course, change the names to protect the innocent (laughs) if you need to, but share one of your best stories ever that has happened to you. Okay, so I don't know if it's like my favorite, but it's definitely a shocking one, if not for myself, uh, probably for my team. So I am the the butt of the story here. So a little backstory to kind of explain why I was doing this, but I used to manage the local pet parade that our clinic would host. And so this would happen around Christmas time because the pets would dress up in Christmas costumes. So I needed something from the attic. And remind you, I told you this building, uh, this practice that I used to work for was old. And so it definitely had some character. And so I told my practice manager, hey, I'm going up to the attic and I'm going to go get some of the stuff I need for the pet parade. She's like, cool. Can you also get this for me? You know, she was giving me a list. So I go up there and this attic has a, or it did, <laughs> you'll know why I say that, Um, had a, 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 a <laughs> Boy, the suspense is killing me, right? <laughs> Had a soft spot, and not in the spot in the sense it was soft from any rot or deteriorating. It just wasn't finished. And we all knew to be careful of that spot because it was getting ready to be refurnished. Well, I forgot in the hustle and bustle just going to go get my my stuff. And upon coming down, I put my foot through that that hollow spot. And Uh-oh. I... I fell through the ceiling. Oh, no way. (laughs) Yeah. Nine to 10 feet right on concrete. So, oh, ow. Yeah. Oh, man. Did it take you straight into radiology? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Your back, your bones. Oh, Oh, my my gosh. Yeah. So, I fell like not totally on my right side, but at an angle. And so thankfully I didn't oh, break anything. Ow. I fell on my right side, but I, as I'm falling through the ceiling, I see one of our poor receptionists. <laughs> Luckily she was in the break room where the, I was at, at break room. Um, and she's like, Oh my gosh, I <laughs> fell through the ceiling. <laughs> oh oh wow. man. You and, fell through the ceiling. Wow. Yeah. And all I hear, it was a small practice, and all I hear was the practice owner like, holy shit, Cheyenne fell through the <laughs> Right. And he's there, and he's this oh big dude, and he's just like, oh, my gosh. Oh, man. That oh, is my hilarious. gosh. And oh, so I live geez. in a small town. Yeah, make it up, can you? Yeah, right. And so I, I had these two ambulances and two fire trucks come to get me. I'm like, I didn't break anything, but I got the wind knocked out of me. So. <laughs> You've fallen, but you could get up, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, I right. really couldn't. Like, I sprained my tailbone. Oh, I was out of work geez. for like two weeks or two weeks, two oh, months. Wow. wow. Yeah. You really fell and couldn't get up. Dang. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, At least funny. you can laugh about it now, though, right? Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I just won't forget that. <laughs> hey, Andrea here. 
Have you seen our social media pages? Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also find us on our website, www.positiveleaders.com. And if you like what you see there, be sure to give Rhonda and Linda a shout out over at Dog Days Consulting. They do all of our social media management. They even built our website. Those ladies can work some creative magic for your business and your brand. Check them out on Facebook at Dog Days Consulting or visit their website at www.dogdaysconsulting.com. So Cheyenne, tell me about your most epic failure that has left a lasting impact. I think for me, being a veterinary assistant that helped in surgery, we did a lot of uh, cruciate surgeries. It was my job to keep the striker very sterile. And that's the tool that they use to cut into the bone of the knee, for those who don't know. And there was one time where I did not sterilize it properly. And I I felt so horrible. Like, I know you guys all know how unsterilized tools is, especially for surgery. So that left a very... Im- <laughs> <laughs> very memorable uh, effect on me for sure. It's like it. horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, tell me about your proudest moment. That would be the day that I graduated with my bachelor's degree, totally debt-free. Like I paid for it all throughout my journey in college. Why veterinary medicine? What do you just love about our profession? I alluded to this before, but I love how diverse we can be within the industries still stay within the industry without having to be in the practice and really still just nerd out about science or really just help pet owners overall. Self-care, how do you practice it? How do you decompress? For me, it really varies from season to season just because of life, but I am a huge plant nerd. So I will go just go dink with my plants and get lost in my plants or play video games. How do you balance work and life? And do you experience any work guilt in that balance? Yes, I would say for sure. For me, it's recognizing when my body needs to rest and listening to that. That's probably one of the hardest things of being an entrepreneur. But I'm a chronic workaholic because I'm an entrepreneur and work just never leaves me alone. So I try to budget in margins of time for me to have flexibility in my schedule so that I can rest when I need to. What keeps you up at night? Um, Things that you stress out over or things that cause you anxiety in your business? Falling through ceilings? Just joking. When a job isn't done right and I've either disappointed someone or I'm just not happy with the way that the product or service was delivered. I'm a huge people pleaser. And what gets you up and out of bed in the morning and what excites you to start your day? First answer that came to mind was coffee. Um, But for me, it's knowing that when I'm awake, Um, I have a purpose to serve, and I'm here for a reason, so I have the opportunity to help other people. Awesome. Oh, well, Cheyenne, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your knowledge, all of those nuggets that you just bombed all over or fell through, as we can say. (laughs) Um, I will never, I I just have like visions of just you basically like walking up there, you take the step and just boom, you just go right through. Wow. Laughing at your misfortune is what we specialize here on the Positive Leadership Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a pleasure. Uh, Well, thank Thank you you so much. much for coming on. Thank you. All right. Have a good weekend. You too. Thank you. For all the positive leaders listening out there, we hope you learned something to take back to your practice to put into use tomorrow. 
We want to hear from you, good, bad, and everything in between. So email us at positiveleaders at gmail.com. That's positive with a P-A-W. Want to hear about a specific topic on the podcast? Email us. Want to have your You Can't Make This Shit Up story featured? Email us. You can listen to us on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the Positive Leadership Podcast. And be sure to rate us. Check out our website at www.positiveleaders.com. That's positive with a P-A-W. And as always, catch us on all the socials. This is Andrea. And David. Signing off until next time. Stay happy and sane. The Positive Leadership Podcast is solely for informational purposes. The information, statements, comments, views, and opinions provided in this podcast are general in nature, and such information, statements, comments, views, and opinions, and the receipt of this podcast by any listener are not intended to be and should not be construed as the provision of any business advice. The information, statements, comments, views, and opinions expressed or provided in this podcast, including by speakers and guests, are those of Andrea Crabtree, David Liss, and their guests only, may not be current, and do not represent the statements, comments, views, and opinions of any other person or business entity. Andrea Crabtree, David Liss, and or the Positive Leadership Podcast do not make any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of any of the information, statements, comments, views, or opinions contained in this podcast, and any liability, therefore, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage of any kind whatsoever, is expressly disclaimed.